0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Wren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, holding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 147 with my guest, Crystal Evans Hurst. Crystal is an energetic, life-loving girl next door who loves encouraging others to fulfill their potential in Christ. With humor and vulnerability, Crystal tells it like it is, but does so with grace, integrity, and love. Crystal is a wife, mother of five, and grandmother of three. She is also a speaker and the best-selling author of She's Still There and Kingdom Woman and the newly released The 28-Day Prayer Journey. Crystal shares the story of walking through shame during a time in her life, but how family and friends held her hand as she came into the light. You will also hear a practical reminder of how we can pray continually. That's all coming up in this episode, so let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Crystal Evans Hurst. Well,
1: welcome to the podcast, Crystal. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, This is fun because I've seen you on Insta Stories and I've heard you from your podcast. And and so it's good to see you kind of in person, even though we're on the computer.
1: Hey, this will work. And honestly, in the time of year that we are right now, the season that we're in, on the computer might be as good as it gets anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's for sure. Well, I want you to introduce yourself uh, to my listeners and a little bit about what your day-to-day life has looked like this summer and um, as a wife and mom and in ministry.
1: Well, you know what? This summer has been crazy and not so much because I'm a wife, because I'm a mother and not because of ministry. Um, We have been in the middle of a move and right the same week that we were supposed to move. My husband actually came down with COVID was in the hospital for a week and then was in quarantine three weeks later for, so for a month, like literally as we're recording this podcast, like 30 minutes ago, he got his negative test back. Oh my word. (laughs) So that has been the chaos. And then of course I'm really involved with my church. So we had our women's ministry, our women's conference, online which was kind of a big production so it's just all these extra things so normally during the summer I want to do all these fun things with the kids and you know it's been like we're moving stay safe and um but you know in the middle of all that I guess wiping and momming is still a thing because you still have got to um you know cook dinner and or figure out anyway way how everybody's going to eat at least <laughs> so anyway <laughs>
0: That's great. Wow. Good. I did not realize that he had it. How did y'all all manage as well? Like, did y'all, did y'all get it or were y'all quarantining yourself?
1: No, we did not get it. He was in the hospital for a week. So that was a week of quarantine. And then he, you know, was uh, quarantined for another week after that. Um, and then we thought that was going to be it. And then they were like, no, that's not it. <laughs> so we were like,
0: okay. <laughs> oh, my word. And so how's he doing?
1: He's doing good. He's doing okay. good. He felt better a lot sooner than he was negative. So he's been feeling decently, okay. uh, but still positive. So we were just making sure we were all good before we got back together again.
0: And you said you're moving, moving homes or not moving areas, right? Uh,
1: moving, moving homes, not moving. Okay. Areas, okay.
0: Right. okay. And you're in the Dallas, Texas area. So, yes. um, Okay. Well, and you've had a lot going on recently. I mean, even in the past few years with a lot of loss in your family. I mean, we mm-hmm. think back to winter pits, your cousin, and then we think back after that, I think your uncle, and then you mm-hmm. think of re- most recently your mom and then uh, your sister's fa- uh, mother-in-law. I mean, that's just a whole lot of grief that your family has been walking through and, and y'all are also doing it in the public eye because mm-hmm. you are uh, a well-known family in ministry, your Tony Evans and Lois Evans daughter. And what how does that look like with grief? I mean you're dealing with the grief kind of in front of people. How did how did you do that? Or how do you do it?
1: Well, I think that the key is to make sure that you are doing it because the tendency would be to have a acceptable level of grief, you know? You don't want to bleed all over people. Um, so you want to show your sadness without making people worry unnecessarily. And then I think the temptation can be when you're riding that line to to not really grieve at all because you're so busy continuing to do the things you need to do. And so, um, but I think for me personally, I think I've got a healthy sense of that. And I've tried to slow down, like recognize the signs of grief, which I'm no psychologist and I haven't been in counseling for it, but I know emotions show up in a variety of ways. And, um, you know, it can be anger, it can be sadness, of course, frustration, stress, cloudiness. And so when when I feel like I'm not normal today, I think, why is that? Have I not eaten breakfast? Have I not had enough water? Did I not sleep on that last night? And if all those things are right, and I just can't seem to get my bearings about me, I'm like, you know, this spray of emotion is probably an overflow of grief right now. And I just try to give myself room to experience it. Um, you know, which isn't always easy because there's a lot going on, but, you know, I think the key is though being conscious because a lot of us, different emotions, grief being one of them, we move really fast and we're not always as conscious, you know, as we need to be about what our soul needs. And so, um, I think that's the thing is just to make sure that there's not a bifurcation of your public and your private life, that one is informing the other. Um, and the right way, not the not public to private, but private to public and, and making sure that there is a private life so that what's coming out of you is genuine, not maybe 100% full steam ahead, but it's coming from a genuine source.
0: Mm, I think that's so wise. You're talking about grief, but that can really be with our relationship with the Lord. If we're not spending time in his word and soaking up and going to him in prayer, and if we're out on... Uh, you know, Instagram, and we're trying to pour out. Well, you know, it ha- starts with the private and then mm-hmm. go to public. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like, an it's an overflow. And so I love mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. Um, well, I heard your podcast. You are also a podcaster. Um, mm-hmm. You have a podcast called Crystal's Chronicles, which I love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. recently you had a, uh, you mentioned the comparison between physical food and spiritual food. And I have to tell you, I had to rewind and listen to it again. It was so profound and I want to go there. Let me read what you said, uh, just a mm-hmm. snippet of what you said. And then I want you to explain it because it was really, really good. You said the further you are, you were talking about organic foods and how uh, the process of you know growing in the garden and then, okay, I'll get to it. <laughs> you said the further you are from the source, the greater the likelihood that in the tampering, you may not get the freshest version talking about foods. But then you said, crack open your Bible and shorten the distance. I said
1: that? Yes, you said that. (laughs)
0: That is, that's so profound. I was like, that is so good. So tell me a little bit about what you meant by that.
1: Well, I think the tendency is for us to feel like if we don't get it from a good Bible study, if we didn't watch the DVD, if we didn't, you know, Stay current with the sermon series with our pastor. If we're not, you know, getting extra, you know, extraterrestrial doses of podcasts from other pastors or teachers, parachurch ministries, that we're missing out. And I think we have forgotten that the best food is the food that you actually fix yourself. Um, When you, if you, if you think about it, you know, what's all the rage right now is fresh, locally sourced, you know, farm to table. Um, I went to Napa Valley, and there's a restaurant there called the French Quarter. And I can't remember how much it costs. But what I know is it costs too much. And I remember asking, why is somebody willing to pay? I mean, you know, 300 and some odd up to 600 and some odd dollars a meal for your evening there for your one dinner? Mm -mm. Why would people be willing to pay? that? And the reason is the reason is, because they have they are world renowned for farm to table. They they mm-hmm. grow their own vegetables on the property. Wow. They know where their meat came from and and it's all of course done of course exquisitely by a chef. Mm-hmm. But we are willing to pay extra money because think about it. We're going to go to Whole Foods and pay extra money for organic food, you know, or we you know want to grow uh, our you know I've got a few friends right now because of COVID 19 are like I'm gonna just have to start. Growing my own stuff in my backyard. I'm like, you go right ahead. But they're going to invest some additional time mm-hmm. and money in creating these beds, raising the garden. Why? Because everybody understands that whether you're paying for it or doing it yourself, that if it's fresh, it's better for you. Okay. And the same in the physical realm is true in the spiritual realm. Now, I'm not, de- de- of course, detracting from good, solid teaching, preaching, people that have gone to school, to seminary, to be able to correctly dissect the Word of God what I'm saying is is we give too little credence to the beauty of our own hands and the beauty of our own uh, revelation from the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit actually does a great job of revealing his word to those who love him and um, I think that sometimes we don't realize how good the fresh food is and so I just wanted to encourage people to crack open their Bible themselves and read get over that fear that I won't understand it and just read. Um, I attended Bible study fellowship for years. And when I did that, they would say that, you know, the multiple levels of, um, dissecting the word was that you would read it and then you would come to class and discuss it. Then you would go to class and, or, or go to the main session and then hear a lecture. They said, we don't want you to hear the lecture before you read it yourself. Mm-hmm. We don't even want, they would encourage you not even to use a study Bible. It's like, wow. before you read what somebody else wrote, mm-hmm. read it yourself. Not that you won't have questions, not that it won't enlighten you. But just like it was, what was so great is that you would sit in a circle with a group of people who had read what you read. Nobody knew if they were right or not. Everybody was just sharing what they got out of it. And to hear that multiple people who did not know what they were studying, you know, they, they weren't sure, quote unquote, if they, if they were scholarly enough to understand it. But everybody, even with their, I'm not sure, I kind of thought it meant they were all saying the same thing. And that's because God's word does not return void. And I think sometimes because we don't take the time to read the Bible ourselves, we think that it's not good enough unless a pastor did it or we took a class or we did the DVD Bible study. But what if you could receive revelation from God yourself? And I think you can, especially when the Holy Spirit is at work in you. So Mm. eat fresh. Eat
0: fresh. I I loved it. I loved it so much. And like I said, I rewound it. And that is so, such good practical advice because I feel (laughs) like a lot, I've been hearing a lot, and maybe you have heard this as well, um, about a lot of us, I've just been hearing more about our identity in Christ and that we are who Jesus says we are. And I want to go back in your story a little bit. When you were a sophomore in college, you were 19 and there was a decision you made and you felt a whole lot of shame about it. And you also said, um, "Shame." You said this before. Shame grows in secret. Mm-hmm. So tell me what that what that time was like for you, and what do you mean that shame grows in secret?
1: Well, you know the Bible is very clear um, when you look at the New Testament, particularly in First um, John, and there's a lot of talk in First John about lightness and darkness first john 1 5 says this is the message that we've heard from him and we declare to you god is light in him there is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness we lie and do not live out the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light and yet fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son purifies us from all sin this idea that if you're walking in the light that darkness um, will not overtake you. But a little darkness, just like a little yeast leavens a whole lump, so does darkness. It spreads. And it's really hard to say, I want to just hide this one part of my life without practicing behaviors that keep you from, that keep you hiding any part of your life you don't want anybody to see. Light burns. If you've been in the darkness for a while and you come outside, or sit by somebody's pool or come outside on a sunny day to work in your yard. You might put shades on. You want to protect your eyes, but also because you don't want the light to, 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 to strike you strongly, too strongly. You may put on shades to minimize the hit of that light. There's an adjustment that has to happen between lightness and darkness. And what happens is the act of trying to protect the dark spots, the act of saying, I don't want anybody to know that there's darkness here, means you're covering it up. And the act of covering it up is an act of shame. I don't want you to see this. And so anything that we're trying to protect from the light, from being seen, from being known, we cover up. And that act of the cover-up is shame. So when you ask me about um, my sophomore year, I mean, I was in college, I got pregnant my freshman year, gave birth to my oldest child the second year of school, the followed the second year of school. And I recall wanting to not let anybody know that i was struggling sexually Uh, i remember that and so you know then you get pregnant and you have a decision to make well if you're going to have the baby then everybody's going to know but you spend all of this effort trying to make sure people don't know right Mm -hmm. if you care anyway and um so then when you when you have the opportunity uh, and i call it an opportunity um because it was one um to not be in the darkness um that the light burns it's hard to admit. That you've not been walking correctly. It's hard to tell people, hey, by the way, you know, I'm pregnant. That's hard. Nobody wants to feel that way. But, you know, once we got past that initial, particularly with my parents, that initial, you know, shock, hurt, disappointment, then I can tell you now my oldest daughter was and still is the light of my parents' eyes. They loved her. And doted on her. She was child number five. I think they had considered having a fifth one. And my mother didn't feel like physically that was the best decision for her to make. So when my daughter came along, I mean, we were she was rolling with the rest of us. She was number five. And so, you know, but you have to get past that initial discomfort. And a lot of us don't want to get past the initial discomfort, but we, we keep forgetting this, that on the other side of the darkness, on the thing that you're trying hard to protect is the light. And when you first bring what's dark into the light, the light will burn. But who wants to stay in the dark forever? We know that in Seattle, people struggle with depression because of the darkness, because of the lack of sunlight, because of the ongoing rain. And then they come to places like California. And I've had a friend from Seattle come to Texas and, oh, she said, I would just always be happy here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So why would we withdraw from the light if that's where the blessing is? But we practice the hiding in the shame ongoingly because we think that we don't want to feel the pain of the of the light. And the reality is the light is where the blessing is.
0: Mm. That's an incredible point of view. And I want to ask you, if there is someone worth walking through that, if there's a mom walking through that with her daughter or her son, or a young adult that's going through this, what would you say to them to encourage them?
1: Bring the light, but bring the love. You walk into the light and you're afraid it's going to burn. You wear shades. If you're a good mom and you're taking your kids out to a water park, which nobody's doing right now or very few people are doing right now, you're probably going to bring some sunscreen. You're not going to not take them into the light. You're just going to make sure they're protected when they are. And I would say the way that you protect people from the harshness of the light is with love. Love is the sunscreen. Love are the sunshades. Love is the you're going to come here, but I'm going to make sure you're not burned by the very thing that can bring the blessing. And loving words, loving encouragement, loving relationship is how you do that. But what we typically do, or I shouldn't say we typically, but what many people have run into from those, especially believers who should be known by their love, is they, they are met with light and not love, but a lashing. Because with that light, people want to make sure you know that the light is where it's at and the light is how it should have been. And did you know that you were in the darkness? And if it hurts, well, maybe it should have. This is a part of the consequences of you being in the dark so long. But nobody would treat their child like that. Nobody would take their child out into the harsh sun to the beach and not put sunscreen on them. So there's a way to do it. And I think when you're thinking, asking me about a parent, I would say, how can you love them? How can you speak truth in love? How can you affirm who they are, even if you're not affirming of what they've done or are doing? How can you um, how can you bring them into the light, but hold their hand as you do? And I think if you can bring that down to tangibles, what you say, where you say it, how you say it, that they're not separate from your physical love, that you're willing to hug, willing to hold their hands in your face and tell them just like when they were little, how much you adored them. That love goes a long way to them being willing to come into the light. Mm. I
0: love that you said that because I feel in the interview that I listened to you sharing this story, uh, you, it seemed like your parents were absolutely the love that you needed to get through that time and how, um, precious that is to see that and, um, and to be an encouraging, you know, to you as a, as their daughter walking through it. Uh, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I want to ask you this because you have a new book coming out that is coming out in September on prayer. And I told you a minute ago that I, I think this is such a perfect timing for this book. I know you probably had book signings and book tour and all the things, but I feel like even if those things are canceled, I think this is a book that we need. Tell me exactly why you wrote it and let's start with that. <laughs> Tell me why you wrote this book on prayer.
1: Well, because I knew that prayer is important and I didn't have a problem praying. I did, however, have a problem with letting that importance be lived out in praying consistently. And I wanted to um, be more consistent. And it's just like, if I tell the internet world that I'm going to pray consistently for 28 days and give them content to pray with too, then I'll do it. And maybe by the end of that, I will have formed another habit. So I was actually sharing a lot of the content and um, some of the content. I mean, it's been remixed now, but sharing it on um, Instagram. And as I did that, um, you know, people I was sharing six times a day. And that was back when Instagram was chronological, and I would share to remind people to pray. And then after a while, it became should this become a book? Is there enough? Are there enough words for that? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And there actually were. So that's kind of where it came from. But it was kind of a you know four years ago a decision I made to work at praying more consistently to God.
0: Mm. Well, it's great. And I'm excited uh, for people to get their hands on it. In the format, it's very easy to do and practical. And I'm those two things describe what I like in a book. So uh, I love that so much. And tell us one practical way that we can use this book.
1: Yes. Well, the way to use it would just be to look at it every day, literally if you can, carry it with you. Keep it on your desk at work or maybe near your kitchen table or maybe by your bed so that you can take a look at it every day. There are three prayers there, morning, afternoon, and evening. And the idea is just to prompt you to remember to pray. And if you know you're going to forget, then um, I would uh, set my watch, set my phone. Just breakfast time, lunchtime, or dinner. Or if you eat all three meals, that would be another one. And let that just be a reminder to talk to God. And then what I provided in the book are prompts so that you can kind of get out of the rut of the same old thing you always have prayed. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but talking with God, the conversation can be so broad and have so much variety and hopefully this will give you ideas to explore different ways of talking to him.
0: Yeah, that's great. Where can people find you online? And then where can they find the book?
1: Sure. You can find me online at crystal And everything that I talk about is there. If you specifically want to jump straight to the book. You can go to crystal forward slash pray. Awesome.
0: Well, and I love the emails that you sent. Uh, I feel like you're talking directly to me. And I, I love them. So keep them coming for sure. And okay, so at the end of each episode, I ask my guests what they're eating, reading and loving, because I like to eat so, <laughs> and read. <laughs> so tell me what you're eating, reading and loving, Crystal.
1: Okay, well, eating right now, I honestly have been eating too many fries. We're in the middle of a move and there's been too much fast food. It's been, it's been glorious and horrible all at the same time. Yeah. Um, reading, um, you know what? I have, I just brought a bunch of books here in my office, but there's a book, there's a book called A Man Named O. It is a fiction book. Okay. I just was like, I need to read some fiction. And so I went uh-huh. on Amazon and was like, what's in the New York Times bestseller list? What should I get? Okay. And uh, I grabbed that.
0: Okay, awesome. Good deal. All right, what are you loving these days?
1: Um, Honestly, I'm loving the radio. So we moved into a home that d- has an intercom system, and the intercom doesn't have an auxiliary, it doesn't have a CD player, there's no way to connect Bluetooth to it. I'm sure at one point you could have connected all those things, but now it's just an old intercom system, and I can't even get it serviced. Like that's how old it is. They're like, oh Ugh. no, you can. You can replace it for a million dollars. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. But anyway, so just but it it still works and it pumps music to every room. So it has been really fun. I haven't listened to the radio in a long time because I mean, hello, Spotify, Pandora. Yeah. But it's been kind of fun (laughs) to turn on the radio and to and it's so funny. I called my dad the other night and I said, I'm so loving hearing you come on the radio at eight thirty every night. I said, I've never listened to you before. apart from Sunday mornings. I was like, why would I turn on the radio? Yeah, right. But now it's like, oh, he's on every evening and I listen to him, this is great.
0: Thank you so much for giving me time today. Um, I know you are super busy with all the things going on, but I really appreciate your time, Crystal.
1: Well, no, thank you so much for having me, this was fun.
0: Thanks for joining me for this conversation today with Crystal Evans Hurst. I would love to know if you listened, Take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, tag Crystal. I would love to reshare it in my Instagram stories. Next time, I will be talking with my friend Emily Casey Vinsky about being a single mom and trusting God through every season. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.